Um, the, uh, are there any additions to the agenda, Mr. Parker? Uh, there's a letter dated August 9, 2017 for Northgate Housing to Minister Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson. There you go. Uh, there is a request for decision, bylaw 2012 to amend, uh, bylaw 1981, the land use bylaw. And we have three deletions. And those deletions are? Is bylaw 2004. Bylaw to amend bylaw 1981, land use bylaw, and a request for decision bylaw 2004, bylaw to amend bylaw 19, or sorry, 1891. Uh, Councillors, do you have any uh, items that you want to add to the agenda? I didn't ask you if there's any that you wish to delete. <laughs> so uh, maybe a motion to accept the agenda as, as uh, amended. Councilor Burke, all in favor? In favor. Thank you. Um, we have two sets of minutes. The minutes from the July 17, 2017 regular council meeting. Uh, are there any additions, deletions, corrections, clarifications, et cetera, et cetera, required to those minutes? I would move the uh, July 17th minutes as presented. All in favor? In favor. We also have the minutes of the July 31st, 2017 special council meeting. Are there any additions, deletions, or clarifications required there? Mm. All in favor? In favor. Uh, do we have any public hearings, uh, Mr. Parker? We have none, Your Worship. Any presentations? We have none, Your Worship. Uh, that takes us to bylaws, and the uh, first one I have on on the agenda is a request for decision regarding bylaw 2012 to amend uh, bylaw 1891, the land use bylaw to specify the number of dwellings per lot. And I see Ms. Modi as uh, Good evening, Council. So before you, um, this came out of the discussion around bylaw 2004, which we will bring back to Council at the next Council meeting. Uh, but this was a question uh, that was asked, and I thought it was timely or important enough that we didn't want to delay bringing this before Council. So essentially, that application asked um, to rezone large parcel of land from R2 to the Residential Manufactured Home Subdivision District. And the question came from Council as to whether or not this would enable the, the landowner to develop a manufactured home subdivision that had multiple, or not subdivision, but a parcel that had multiple manufactured homes on it. And at that time, I thought I knew the answer and I wasn't comfortable with it. Um, the answer is technically yes because our land use bylaw currently doesn't stipulate how many dwelling units are allowed on a property. We do have density provisions within some of our residential districts, but when you have a parcel or a property that is a very large property and we do have some unsubdivided quarter sections in this town, 
that do have a residential zone on them. So even those density provisions, they don't provide uh, a limit to the number of dwelling units that could be on that lot that is reasonable. So what we have done is drafted up a bylaw that specifically states that no one can build more than one dwelling unit on a lot except in cases where it's otherwise allowed in the bylaw. So the bylaw specifically, this does, that provision doesn't apply to development of a duplex or an apartment building or situations where we are purposefully enabling more than one dwelling unit on a lot. Also situations where we're specifically enabling a secondary suite or garden or um, garage suite, we would allow provisions so that that's still allowed. But otherwise, the default is one dwelling unit per lot. Uh, within the our land use bylaw. This is a fairly standard provision in a lot of land use bylaws. Uh, some municipalities still do choose to only do uh, the density provisions that we do have in our bylaw, but as I said, that doesn't work in situations where you have very large lots that do have those districts applied to them. So we have prepared this bylaw and pursuant to what is enabled within our land use bylaw, we're asking council to direct that we advertise this proposed bylaw and then we can bring it forward for a public hearing at the next council meeting in September. I can take any questions you may have. Do you need first reading on the bylaw or is that? We don't. Uh, the way our landing bylaw is actually written, it directs the council should direct administration to advertise this bylaw and then we will, we can do all three readings in one night if the advertising has happened. But if we do give it first reading, then we don't have to do that. Doesn't make any difference. It really doesn't make a difference one way or the other. The timing of the bylaw can be the same. The discussion on the bylaw right now really we're actually not talking about the bylaw. We're talking about advertising. Talk about the bylaw. first reading you do not have to do first reading however if you did have any specific questions that are arising out of this that we can bring forward the answers at the public hearing that would be helpful so just so I'm clear though we're we're, we're looking to rezone a parcel of land no that is a separate bylaw so this oh. was an issue that came out of that oh, but okay. it's not tied specifically to this property in any way oh this would be a portion of the land use bylaw that would apply to all lands in the town So no matter what it's zoned as, one dwelling is the default. Unless there's provisions to allow for more than one dwelling unit on the lot, right? So this was lots of condominium type development down there. Well, what do they call them? You see them mostly in rural areas where a municipality won't let an actual subdivide and they'll do they just call it a raw land subdivision. And mm -hmm. so everyone gets Those types of developments would still have to be enabled in that land use bylaw. I think that's part of the reason they pull that right is because they can do it without having to get development permits all kind of stuff. That really depends on each municipality's land use bylaw, so. Well, just from a historical point of view, it seems uh, a little odd that I don't know if East River has been in existence for 
many, many years, and now we've come up with a brand new bylaw that says this. I'm, so is it, again, back to the size of the lot? Is that really what triggered this? That is what's... Uh, and, and yes, I'm familiar with the 2004 yeah. parcel that you're referring to. The, this, the section of the MG that requires this, some municipalities do deal with it on a density basis, and we do have those provisions within the bylaw. But because of the way some of our lands within the town are zoned, i.e. we've got some very large lots that have our standard residential districts applied to them, that doesn't really provide enough clarity as to what the intent is. So I don't think that it does a sufficient job dealing with this issue. I just to make a motion to have administration advertise the uh, proposed bylaw and the date that it will ask for the council to engage after the public hearing. All in favor? In favor. It takes us to uh, request for a decision on bylaw 2005 to, to amend bylaw 1891. Uh, the land use bylaw to rezone the safe domain area structure plan from C3 to uh, agricultural urban reserve. So, bylaw 2005, as I said, it rezones a portion of the St. Germain lands from C3, which is commercial free, to our ag urban reserve district. Uh, this bylaws before you for first reading and it was before you because there was an application made by the landowners to uh, amend their zoning. Um, it is currently within the area structure plan area which does direct that this land is commercial. That plan was adopted in 2009 and the southeast corner of that area has been developed consistently with the area structure plan. However, the balance of the land has not been developed since 2009 and we don't know what this or we don't know of any current um, development plans within that area. Uh, the proposed rezoning would rezone the lands to the town's holding land use district, i.e. the district that we use to have the, or the district that we use to um, have in areas of our town that are undeveloped, and we have that district applied where future subdivision and development, or to prevent premature subdivision and development, sorry. Uh, table 1 uh, in the RFP provides you with a list of all the permitted and discretionary uses that are enabled within the C3 and the Ag Urban Reserve District. And as you can see, the Ag Urban Reserve District has a significantly fewer uh, permitted uses, although it does include a good number of discretionary uses, which the, if the landowners came forward, they could potentially ask for development, and that would go to our Municipal Planning Commission for decision. Uh, so this is a, requ a request for first reading. The bylaw would need to be advertised after this and would require three readings and a public hearing before it became official. Uh, because we have an area structure plan that is inconsistent with this proposed bylaw, it is administration's understanding that the landowners are intending, if this first reading happens, to proceed with an amendment to the area structure plan. 
the administration would propose to bring this bylaw back to council for public hearing and second and third reading after we had received an area structure plan amendment so that those two bylaws could go together and we would have the direction under the area structure plan to support this land use bylaw amendment and they're aware of that they are aware of that and they are some of them sitting in back of the chamber right now what does this change imply with respect to taxes or anything like that uh, i would assume that if i could to our director of uh, corporate services in response and just um pulling up the report here there is a financial impact within uh, the report that talks about um, uh, the potential change in, in tax revenues and by doing so, find the financial analysis here. Um, it's um, a possible change or loss of revenues of about fourteen thousand nine hundred dollars in this year's dollars. Um, of course, it's uncertain what the assessment of, of this property will be in the future. I, I don't know. We would have to do some further. Um, Work and analysis to determine that if the if the zoning were changed, what does that do to the assessed value? Does that make them less valuable, more valuable? And there's um, there could be some adjustments there, but um, there, there would be a, a loss or a difference in revenues of say fifteen thousand dollars. So the properties that we're talking about, just so that I make sure I'm right here, these are not the ones on the highway; they're the ones behind the highway, correct? That's right. So if you go flip to Schedule A, so it's just the ones with the lines through it, right? That's right. The hatching only. Yeah. Mr. Town, just to clarify on the loss of revenues, but so there's fixed loss, I think, there, if I understand correctly. So if there was new structures built on this, it wouldn't be a loss in revenue, it would be a gain in revenue from an assessment point of view. That's correct, yes. So what would you say there's a loss this year? There's a, a loss if the land remains undeveloped and nothing happens, so there's a fourteen thousand dollar loss. But if there were fifteen new structures built on there, valued at five hundred thousand dollars a piece, I'd be optimistic. Uh, there would be a significant gain on the tax base. There would. So my, my analysis was based on status quo. Status quo. Yeah. So undeveloped, right? Undeveloped. Because none, none of those lots are currently developed, are they, at the moment? No, they're not developed. Okay. Okay. Could I put a motion on it, then? Yes. Okay. So the motion I'd like to make, then, is to provide first reading of bylaw 2005 and amend the land use bylaw number 1891. Modi, um, looking at the, the map, these lots and the structures are all cross taxed. Um, is one lot or one piece of land that's south of St. Germain Street uh, but north of the road that bisects that intersection? Um, why, why wasn't that small parcel of land included? Uh, the application specifically applied for the five lots, and then we've included the 
environmental reserve lots that are adjacent to those, but we've not included any um, privately held land that is adjacent. So this file only applies to the what land was applied for for the rezoning. So to me, it seems as if this bylaw is really about tax fairness, given that um, the likelihood of these lots being commercially developed is um, remote, if not nil. Um, will, will this individual that owns this smaller piece of property that isn't included in, your, in this particular uh, amendment, will Will he suffer the, or she suffer the full brunt of the, uh, uh, the takeover when they become effective to the If the zoning isn't changed, then I would expect that the status quo would remain on that lot. Um, if council wanted administration to inform, I mean, all of the adjacent landowners will be informed when we're advertising for this bylaw, but given that we're not doing that for a while until we receive an area director plan amendment, uh, we could be proactive in terms of notification. So the reason why you're indicating the area structure plan is this particular individual uh, didn't uh, put the word forward? To the best of my knowledge, yes. Uh, and what's going to happen to I'll bet the reading and we'll advertise for two weeks or so and then we'll be back with Chair 
One last item. So this is bylaw 2011, which rezoned the portion of land from the R1A district to the R2 district. Uh, this application was received to amend the land use bylaw from the property owner. It is a block of it, the lot is in Plan 3596KS, Block 1, Lot 1, and it's a residential lot just on the way up to the high school. So just as you're turning into the high school property, there are some residential dwellings there, and this will be the first property that you pass at that corner. So the intent here, based on my understanding of the landowner's intention, is that they would like to add a secondary suite to this property. The R1A district does not provide for that use. The R2 district does. Um, so as you can see in the enabled uses table, um, they're hoping to make use of that enabled use. Uh, this is a statutory bylaw, requires three readings, so we would, after first reading, take this, or advertise this for two weeks and then return it for public hearing and second or third reading, possibly in September. You can see on the attached Schedule A, um, the location of the lot, and You'll also notice, although we haven't uh, labeled the, the land use district there, but the, all the properties to the north, or yeah, to the north and the west of this property are zoned R2. So this would be making that lot consistent with its neighbors in two directions. Do you have any questions about that? Does it, would this change imply anything about parking that needs to be there for parking? The secondary suite does have parking requirements, so if and when a development permit application came forward, they would have to meet those parking requirements as part of that approval. So this has to be advertised? It will have to be advertised, yes. Perhaps in the next uh, edition of the briefing notes. I, uh, I'm looking at your map and I'm actually having a hard time visualizing exactly where this is from Where you turn into the high school, yeah. right on that corner. Yeah, There's a very nice uh, something happening on that corner. So this general area has been a subject of much in terms of slide movement and stop slides, I guess, and there's been problems with infrastructure. So uh, I look at that lot and, and I just ask myself, so what, what is, yes, I realize we're not dealing with a specific application here, but if there are some steep grades here and the condition of the road and so on, I, I guess I'm a little reluctant to go there, certainly like issues of development, but I guess my question is how restrictive is it? Are you into geotechnical stuff or, or uh, what? Is there been any discussion about that? Again, I'm just I'm not opposed to anyone making a value-added improvement, and I'll gladly take their tax money. But I uh, just wonder about the whole question of unsafe approach. Yeah, we did issue a letter to all the landowners uh, up and down that hill. Uh, I'll bring back more information at the public hearing regarding that. So, Mr. Mayor, I would put forth a motion. 
to provide first reading of bylaw 2011 an amendment to the land use bylaw 1891. This is uh, what happens when you go down to one meeting a month. We get to do bylaws upon bylaws, so we get to do the next two. Um, so, before council this evening is a bylaw 2008 to uh, enable the town to borrow money on behalf of the, as you said, the Saddleback Sanitary Sewer Pumping Project. Um, this is um, uh, the replacement of an existing trunk main, which will um, increased capacity for properties on the west side of town um, and um, replace failing uh, infrastructure in the area. The total project cost is $1.8 million and the town's uh, contribution toward that is $337,000. Um, the balance of the funding is through the Government of Canada's Small Community Fund. So again, um, fairly high uh, leveraged project where we're in for about 15% um, of the total project cost is our funding, uh, which is through debt. So um, we are looking for council to do first reading of the bylaw to allow for the upcoming financing of it. Um, terms would be for 10 year uh, term on this at an interest rate not to exceed 8%, but again, just to be clear, um, that is a placeholder amount and the actual interest rate would be a prevailing interest rates and significantly lower, uh, meaning probably in that 2.9 to 3.1% um, range for interest rates. And um, this is an amount that um, has basically been built into the upcoming um, budget. This is a water and sewer uh, capital item, so it's built into those rates. We've added about $40,000, $45,000 in principal and interest charges per year, uh, but we have debt falling off the book, so um, there's no real negative impact um, to the water and sewer rate um, for the financing of this project. We didn't include a map of this one, but this just serves the uh, Saddleback area. This was the pipe that was taken out from underneath the road uh, just underneath And that, that's true too. So that that was the Pines Bypass, I believe, was was that project. This is this is a different project. Perhaps we can, uh, for second and third reading, we can actually bring in uh, include a map. Mr. Town, you did 
Did I hear you correctly that there's no impact to the water and sewer rates by what this dementia goes through? So, um, just to be clear, of, of course there is an increased um, cost for this that we'll have to um, pay down. Uh, debt being debt, you have to pay that off. Um, but based on our, our debt modeling and uh, their existing sewer debt, um, sewer water debt that's falling off the books, um, as it turns out, that 2018, when this will probably be actually financed going into 2019, there's there's debt falling off the books at that time. So um, any changes to water and sewer rates will be more operational um, costs rather than capital repayment type costs. It is replacing is, is basically the word. thought that's where the email was going, but the answer seems around, not as direct, but you're basically what you're saying is, is that one, one falls off and this comes on and ends up being a wash. That's correct. Okay. But that's not saying that we may not see increases in our water rates, but not for this reason, for other reasons. That's correct, yes. Okay, thank you. I was going to suggest uh, your worship putting a motion on the book, the first reading of uh, bylaw 2008. If we can do more infrastructure projects when we're for 15%, uh, sounds like a good deal. Any other questions of Mr. Smith? Do I call for a vote? All in favor? In favor. Uh, item 5, a uh, request for a decision regarding bylaw 2009, and this is the issuance of a debenture for voice over internet protocol system by Tommy Mann of Voice. So this is, uh, again, similar. Since this is for a period of five years or less, we'll be looking to see if council's interested in doing first, second, and third readings this evening as it would not require to be advertised such as the previous bylaw. Um, so the, the uh, approved project, the Voice Over Internet Protocol um, system, um, when council approved our capital budget, this was a debt funded project. Um, the rationale for that, and I know it seems like a small amount, um, but there is a, a distinct um, savings realized by, by switching to this system. So. At ninety thousand dollars over five years, we'd have to spend about twenty-one or twenty-two thousand per year um, on debt costs. But your savings are more than that, so it makes sense. Since um, this is something that saves you money to uh, use debt to finance it and save our funding, other capital funding reserves um, for better types of projects. So again, this would be a. a um, Planning period of up to five years. Again, the maximum percentage amount of up to a percent is, is stated, but again, that's a, a maximum and a placeholder. The interest would be significantly less. So, in the notes, it says that this saving would be 50000 per year, perhaps. So, VoIP saves us 50000 per year for $90,000 over five years. 
maybe I missed it. How are you realizing those savings? Like what, what's making up those savings? So what happens is <clears throat> with the one-time investment, um, we are purchasing capacity within our facilities. So um, we need to do network cabling and um, the main trunk system into our, our facilities and then the uh, cost for the handsets either two to three hundred dollars each we have to purchase a significant amount for the um, for the entire organization um, by doing that we could abandon our individual volume charges that that our current carrier costs or charges us um, they're about sixty or seventy dollars per line per month our telecommunication telecommunication bill right now for the organization is almost two hundred thousand per year um, and by spending this money, we could, um, we're, we're really only paying for a, an internet um, line into our facilities, um, phone lines into two facilities um, at, you know, a couple hundred dollars per month. Um, and we could abandon or, or not have to pay those individual line charges and other features such as calling and call forwarding and whatnot. That's something that we would manage through the system that we purchase. So forgive my ignorance because I'm not a techie, but um, is this heavily reliant on the reliability of the internet connection? No, the internet is your primary connectivity for, for the system. So we have to purchase an internet connection at all our facilities, um, but we also have phone connections coming into two facilities and they provide a redundant backup to each other. So if, if the internet does go down, we do have those phone lines um, that are able to um, use traditional because I guess I'm just wondering about the capacity. Like, I mean, I I went on the fiber like so many people did when fiber came into the server, and I was told it would be lightning fast and we would never have to worry about it. And I mean, there's not there's two adults and a small child in my house, and we still have issues with the buffering and all that kind of stuff. So I just wonder when you put that kind of a load onto your internet connection, it, it can it handle that based on the service that we've got right now? The, the connections that we are achieving, yes. Yes, it, it shouldn't be a problem at all. All of our facilities are networked right now. Because uh, yeah, okay. Because I guess my worry is we just don't want to make it harder for people to access the town, right? And if we have a phone system that may or may not be reliable all the time, but if it is, that's, I mean, I trust that you know more about this than me. But the the, the ultimate goal is to provide um, better services to residents. Okay. Um, it'll allow us to manage our our phone systems and make improvements. We could. Um, th there'll be a decision at some point about how we want to manage how people communicate with the town. Um, but again, being able to, to keep in touch and the options that are provided will, will provide a better service to uh, residents in Lake Perry. Just reminding the facilities we're talking about, Greg, uh, so wastewater, water, airport, fish shop, town shop. Yep. Uh, pool, pool, museum, marina. So we're up to. So there's nine or ten. Um, you know, there's other options could do um, uh, the NAR building. Is the airport on this list? Or uh, the airport would be, yeah. As we've been doing upgrades, so at the airport we've we've done a tech upgrade up there and we've um, improved all the cabling and, and the infrastructure going in. We did the same at the public works building. Uh, this building would require some cabling. We'd have to do work at the pool, the museum. We'll do minimal amounts at the arena um, just to maintain until the new facility comes into play. Um, and then a little bit at the, the water and wastewater facilities in terms of uh, reduced cabling. But the internet connection going everywhere is more than sufficient for this type of, of 
system. So is this uh, system, would it also be implemented with the emergency, emergency management system? So for instance, when we have the flood and the emergency management team is in a certain area, is this going to be part of that as well? Or is it going to be able to be used for that? Right now it's this room, but I do understand that uh, chances are in the future it would probably be moved to the firewall on the left hill. And how is that, yep. that system going to work now? So this will make it really easy to switch and thank you for adding two more facilities to the list um what would happen <laughs> is is um the phone numbers would be would be held and assigned to to devices for example so if you had a phone and you plugged in a phone number at a device at your computer right there um then when it rang it would ring there you could actually take that phone walk it to any other port in the building or any other facility in town and assign the same phone number to it when you log in and that number will travel with you. So if we had to move, for example, and go from one facility to another, um, that phone number is totally portable and that travels with you. So in cases of emergency management and whatnot, um, you know, we don't have to have different phone numbers for facilities. We just assign a phone number for a function and it doesn't matter where you are as long as you are able to log into a phone. And it's really logging into a phone like you would for a computer. That number would, would go with you. So it would facilitate and make um, you know the, the ease of, of keeping your numbers and communications up uh, a significant improvement from um, what we'd be doing now. So could the fire services also use that in that in their incident command trailer if that unit is portable? And if you tie that if we have an incident town where they have to have those communications, would that uh, be able or would that be able to happen within that command trailer as well. I don't want to say for sure for um, portable or temporary locations. I'm not sure how um, that would be managed. I'm just more familiar with the, the actual known physical type locations. Um, there is a lot of option optionality in terms of um, features for transferring to uh, cell phone numbers and, and those types of features. So um, you know, it could be one of those things where we, we have the phone number, the known phone number, um, but we're able to program it so it just calls forward to a, a specific cell phone number. The people who are calling that would never know, but again, in terms of a, um, a good communication tool, you know, people would just have to know one number. We could set it up however we want behind the scenes and, and be able to make some of these things happen again. This technology is available like other businesses and organizations have this like this has been oh yeah for five or ten years right oh very very much so yeah it, it's it's a known um, technology the software has come down in price we're a good size and we're a good setup since we have so many physical locations it makes a lot of sense for us to consider this because um, the management of it and, and the cost savings will be um, pretty sufficient Mr. Mayor, I move um, first reading of bylaw 2009, the issuance of a debenture for voice over internet protocol system. I'll make a second, uh, give a reading, motion for a second reading. The motion on the floor, your worship, to allow this to go to third reading. Can, can I interject 
The previous motion to go to second reading, is that the actual motion or just to go to second reading? No,
policy in front of you this evening is a new policy to replace the existing policy number P31-1996-01, which is known as planting trees on Palin Boulevards and entailed about two or three sentences. The policy presented to you is much more in depth and it is a much more expansion to the current standards of um, various municipalities for use for the basis of this policy. Um, the policy was reviewed on numerous occasions by the Community Services Board and Council and is presented this evening for final review and adoption. You've been around for several times. I still find part of this a little confusing in terms of when a resident is going to be planting a tree on their own and what they have to do versus when the town is going to do it. Who's responsible for what? I also toy with the idea of whether or not the town would consider, you know, for someone, especially if the town plants a tree on the boulevard and the landowner, the property owner agrees to water it, maybe we give them, you know, a cubic meter of water, you know, whether that's five bucks or something, just as an incentive so those who choose to put water here, which is the right way to do it. The other point, and I think most of the councils are aware of this, that I am not in favor of where I was measuring trees and there's a measurement of that tree. And in the city of Edmonton, which I believe was cited as one of the examples back for policy, I measured at least one, and I'm sure there were three others going up that were, you know, you know, one and a half inches. Another area where they were Smith caliber, the trees, they're obviously a mistake. They were recently had the T-bar bench, and two out of three were dead already. They had to be replaced. I'm going, why would we want to pay that much money for a tree and then they have to replace it after a year like that. You know, to me, you know, the cost of going with the, you know, the you know, three quarter inch or half inch or whatever smaller trees are, there's, there's more that I think we should be paying for that because my understanding talking to a number of people from Forestry side that wanted to do different stuff, they say that it's what determines whether it lives or not is not the size, it's the care that's given. You know, the soil prep and the, the, the how much it's watered and how dry it is. So that's the deciding factor there. And success is not, you're 100% right. This is not based on success in terms of the size of the tree that we're requesting. We're setting a landscape standard, which is pretty standard across many larger municipalities. We're wanting our boulevard trees to be substantial right from the start, not to be tiny little sticks that we have to nurture and breed. We want them to be substantial and then care and maintenance is utmost for any tree that we put in. And the property owner needs to be a part of that process to, for this to be successful. Absolutely. So let me get this right uh, sort of through. So you went to the city of Edmonton, you measured the trees, you had the policy of putting two inch tree, trees in there. You found that uh, there were less than two inches and half of them were dead. So perhaps because they didn't go match their policy, the, the trees died? No, I don't, I don't think that. I, it's just, my point is that supposedly the city of Edmonton has it as, as their policy. And I don't, I don't know that. I, I'm just going by what Tanya said in the past. But I measured uh, on one, one tree there, the one I visited for the hospital, and the, the trees there were, they were one and a half. 
you know, Salisbury. You know, the other two that you know, five blocks north, they were they were all two in five supply, but I thought they were small enough. So that's one where I noticed, well, you know, a number of them were dead. So you know, the, the intent is just to get at getting you know a bigger tree, I guess. Yeah, yeah, to pay for it. But uh, again, I, I just you know, far behind we are in the number of trees in the boulevards. I think you know we do they go ahead to plant smaller trees and you know. We'll, we'll let them grow as opposed to paying someone else to have them grow that extra, you know, feet or twelve feet or whatever it is. Ms. Manager, you always have a question to Boulevard Health. Well, I see that we are replacing some trees that they're taking down, and I think there's another policy that comes with this one, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, really, I've come down to 2.6, 2.7. Both of them say that trees of two meters, uh, one says it's gonna be medium grown trees and two meters on the other one is larger trees. So again, it's the little math thing. It's 2.6 less than two meters and says 2.7 two meters or more. Or what is a two meter tree instead? Are you suggesting some wording yes 2.6 i'm saying if it's medium grown trees then is that boulevards less than two meters yes and boulevards larger than two meters two yeah two or more meters yeah. are the larger so trees. we need to right. remove the that or measure less. two meters or yeah. less it needs to say less than two meters right and other than that i just want them watered so no For that clarification, then you're not going to see like how many the boulevards in town have a two-meter wide boulevard? Not very many. There are a couple. Yeah, there are some smaller boulevards. Um, a lot of them actually are are larger than that. They're averaging about two and a half, four plants on the couple that are a little larger. But there like, are. What some about smaller. the like like around 103rd would be that wide? 86th Ave, the ones down by. <laughs> By the co-op, I don't think those yes. are two meters wide. Yeah, so, and that's a strange setup on the co-op area because of the lack of curve there. We have some play of where, how how to measure that space, because in some spots on that street it seems to narrow off on the boulevards and is wider at one end of it. I just drove through, I drove through it on the weekend, so I think we can play with that area because right now those are very large trees. Of them are elms, if not poplars. So they're a larger, much larger growing tree. So I would replace that with a larger growing tree. But the ones by the co op across from the provincial building, that, well, there's some very big trees in there. They would not be allowed in the future. We'd only be able to put neighbors in there because that's, I'm sure that's not two meters wide. Oh, the residential section there? That's yeah. possible. If there's a large tree there now, there's potential for us to be able to put a large tree in again. However, if the sidewalks are buckling and going up, that's where we would ask engineers to take a look at what they would prefer to be put back in once those trees are beyond their lifespan. Okay, so uh, you're going to make the amendment, so you're willing to entertain a motion that includes that amendment that's currently there for Absolutely. I believe that was brought forward and I think I've missed that in, in our previous motion. And you want to, uh, you always place Councillor objections to only stay on uh, what you've written there in terms of 
really power, uh, powerful tree, so on right. and so forth. So he can vote against it and the rest of us will vote for it, I guess. Yeah. And he is being generous on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so motion, a motion on this policy and let's get it off our desks. I move that the Town of Peace River adopt the proposed Boulevard Tree Policy as amended. All in favor? In favor. Uh, I'm opposed. <laughs> and Thank you. We should ask you if you wanted that recorded because you can't do that after, <laughs> after a vote is taken. Okay. That takes us to uh, the new business, uh, Mr. Parker, how long do you think it'll take us to get through the new business? Um, Can we take a break now? Are there people in the gallery that are here specifically for new business? I think there is, yes, we have Tyrese. Sorry, Your Worship, I believe there is uh, some people here who are looking for um, number two, the proposed uh, encroachment agreement. Okay, we have so. a motor through from the new business. So that takes us to the first round of one of new businesses. Briefing note, uh, financial variance report. Good evening, Council and Mayor. Um, tonight I'm presenting two briefing notes, one for the capital variance report. Uh, one is for the uh, capital variance report, the other is for the operation variance report. Uh, capital variance report uh, is, a, is a report that I bring every two months to the town for up to date on the status of the current capital projects. Um, I have nothing really uh, earth shattering to report. Um, projects are uh, underway, some are completed, some are active, and many are in the design uh, phase. Thus far this year, the ones that are completed are the uh, fire protection uh, structure, structure firefighting PPE dryer, uh, respiratory protection equipment fit tester. Um, yes, CBA has a suit tester. We also have the Pass Creek Phase Two, which is completed. Uh, the pickup truck and the skid steer for the airport have been completed. And those were all under uh, the uh, the airport funding. The ACAP funding, is that right? No. Okay. Our, our funding. Okay. Uh, the pool accessibility. So is that actually complete or just 25%? Which one's that? So the skid steer is just 25% complete. And then the pickup truck, 0% completed. Oh, 0% remaining. remaining. And the, the skid steer is completed, the invoice is being processed as okay. we speak. Okay. Um, we also have the pool accessibility, which is completed, and that's still the completed projects. Okay. Okay. Further. Uh, uh, thank you. I just uh, on the Pat Creek uh, example, I just refresh my memory. So, yes, it's completed, but why does it say seventy percent? So, is that a holdback? The three hundred and that 17 percent is what remain what is remaining out of the total budget um, I mean so we so didn't spend 
We didn't spend the full. I guess my question is, do I have three hundred eighty-one thousand dollars extra to spend this year? No, no, you don't. <laughs> it's, it's part of a grant. Okay. So, so the contractor did better than expected. Right. It, it, the budget was based on an estimated cost. Okay. Are there any that are not expected to be completed by December thirty-one? Not to my knowledge. At the next the uh, next record meeting, I believe it's uh, the end of the month. I will be asking that question before we start uh, projecting what's going to be completed. What will be carried over to the next meeting? Any other questions on capital? I have a question for Mr. Barker or Connor that maybe you can pass on our my appreciation to him for the the fire department mm -hmm. and she just spent all the money already. So that's to me that's a good thing. Well the second briefing note is with regard to the operating variance report. Um, in general, uh, through the six months of this year's the year of the year in position that we're project projecting is a small debt set of about $12,700. Um, this, this deficit is uh, made up of a variety of um, items. Um, revenues are trending unfavorably uh, $67,800 to date. Um, a lot of this has got to do with um, the Peace Regional Airport, which I um, reported the last time of uh, projecting about $37,000 under budget. Um, the airport manager and the director of public services are watching this closely. Uh, this is all dependent on aircraft movement, so if uh, we see an increase in movement, we start seeing an increase in that revenue. Uh, fire department, or fire revenues are projected to be under budget by about $42,000, and this is mainly due to uh, a reduction in fire calls our rural partners and there will be a reduction in the expenses that corresponds with this. Uh, uh, provincial grants are projected to be above budget by above $11,400 and year end as the NSI operating fund receives was greater than what was budgeted for. On the expenditure side, we're expecting to see a favorable variance of $55,100 due to the following. Um, first is, as reported, Last uh, uh, term, $60,000 is projected in savings for the utilities. Uh, fire protection wages will be projected to be $44,800 below budget, and that is due to reduced call volumes. Uh, engineering supplies and service are, are projected to be over by about $11,200 due to the necessary purchases from hardware and software. Airport contracted services are expected to be over budget by about $11,000 due to the legal costs associated with the air ambulance RFP. And finally, water supply, uh, wastewater supplies and services are expected to be over budget by approximately $12,000 due to the unexpected expense of a new pump for one of the stations. So overall, like I say, they're, they're, we're projecting a $12,700 deficit, but um, we are keeping close watch on everything and uh, we'll be working with the manager to address this Okay, any questions for Mr. Sherman? Well, perhaps a motion to accept your position. I'll make that motion. 
basically we had uh, quite a bit of uh, money in for vaccine. We put it out for um, tender, and when it came back, uh, we ended up getting um, a very reasonable price coming on in of eleven thousand five hundred forty-one dollars, including GST. However, after we had discussions with the uh, contractor, we decided there were some other areas that we also needed to do. So since it was way within budget, we um, then uh, looked at some additional work to be done. Uh, for $12,000 over budget right now. <laughs> Actually, we're, we had, a, I believe it was 40000 and we're gonna be spending just about half of it. So we're, we're 21000 So we're not doing too bad. So uh, with that, um, the, the, there is a little map of uh, the different areas. So we can't do that. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, but just the stories, we got a little bit more area. So what, where are these places? Okay, it, it, well, if you take a look at the map. It's, here's, a, here's a better map. Yeah. Here's the best, I don't want to. But, Ms. Bell, do you have the map in front of you? Mr. Parker probably uh, can't describe it as well as a long-time resident. Of, of which? Yeah. I can only give you landmarks as opposed exactly. to actual street yes. addresses. Yes. Yes. Mr. Parker will just give us street addresses. There you go. This is the additional area right here. 98th Avenue is one of the big ones. The one past the high school, five and past the Vanilla Terraces. This must be the high school. Okay. Uh, I think. Uh, You've got me stuff. Okay. Uh, Councilor Burr has it here. So, the, so is the red the additional or the blue is the additional? The red is additional. So. Oh, it's uh, upside down. Oh, is that, that That's it's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's over in Saddleback. So the red is the. Well, we've also got. So this part is the north end of this piece. So this is blue here. Yeah, that's that's the way that's the north end. There's the, the right there. So. Yeah. So the blue is all the way. So that uh, the one where it goes goes past the the, the red rooster. That what street is that? 98th Street. Yeah. Yeah. So. Initially, we were going to do from the from Good Shepherd School to the Red Rooster, yep. and then we added from the Red Rooster to uh, to the high school, basically, or to the uh, Baptist Church, and then we had plans to do from the Baptist Church all the way around uh, the hill where the RCMP station is at. And uh, then on the other side, it's the West Hill Industrial Area. Okay. On the other side, okay. in the paint. So that worked out pretty well then. So my question is, does it include the cul-de-sac that comes off of Seventy Fifth um, Avenue? In the, it's in the north end, it's the second cul-de-sac. Is, is any work being done there? Because there's a big gravel patch in the middle of it. I would, uh, oh, sorry, is that where mm -hmm. Alvin lives? I believe so. That, that street right there? Yeah. No, it doesn't, because you can't crack seal that. 
that kind of feel of a recatching. That's part right there. Okay, so again, we'll let me know when that might happen. Thank you. And this crack filling, that's yeah. supposed to deal with that road down to West West Westview or whatever, West Westbrook. I mean, that that only has a single overlay, right? Like this one one layer of asphalt. I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah. It's just one. It's one. So I don't quite understand this. The, your question then, we're going to fill with cracks, we're not putting a new layer on it, which in the end would be a better thought, wouldn't it? So well, what happens here is when you do crack filling, you've got a couple of different types of cracks. You've got ones that are bigger than your baby finger and smaller than the baby finger. And so they use a different type of process for actually crack sealing whatever size it is. So we actually have some equipment to do uh, the smaller ones. This one I believe is for the bigger ones that they're doing. And what they do is they just heat the tar and pour it in and try and fill it up and seal it up so that water can't get in there and decrease the chance and actually extends your life of your road. Okay, so it's not a re rebuild, it's just to be giving you a little longer life. If you don't do it, then you're, you know, if you're, it's what happens on that street we talked about, the 75th Street, and totally falls apart. Okay, so that was just a briefing one? That's all. That's all I want to say. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you don't need a motion to approve. No. So, uh, motion to approve uh, to accept those submissions. All in favor, Council Anderson, motion. Uh, we now have the 2017 paving overlay project. <laughs> I don't think I was much out with the last one. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, so, is, this, uh, is this is uh, this is one of our uh, capital projects, the paving overlay. Uh, the contract has been tendered. The work involves uh, paving up 84th, 85th, and 100th Avenue, and 101st uh, Avenue, and includes principal base and concrete repairs. Tenders were closed on August 8, 2017, and two valid submittals. Uh, were received. After the tenders were evaluated on both technical and financial considerations, the tender was awarded based on a procurement policy and GAO bylaws 
So it's uh, just to advise me and the council that um, material testing contract for the Peace Regional Recreation Center has been tendered. Uh, they were closed on uh, the 2nd of uh, August 2017, uh, and it was awarded to Bowman Engineering, J.R. Uh, Payne, with a score of 7.8. Uh, they will review the structural silver drawings and specifications to the provision of uh, structural silver testing as required by a structural engineer, provision of soils testing as required, uh, provision of concrete testing, and provisional asphalt uh, testing. Uh, based on the above, Bowman has uh, provided a preliminary estimate of 114000 not including project contingency or DST, as within the current budget. It's also noticed that uh, the Office of J.R. Payne, who are part of Bowman Engineering, will be provided both with services reported by their Edmonton office. And that's just a slight brief note. I have no questions. All right. Why we have an idea tech on testing the structural steel? Only because I listened to our engineer very intently. Uh, apparently, Colmet will actually be doing the structural steel testing. They'll be they're a sub. They're For the sub to this. Correct. Okay. So Colmet is a um, highly qualified company. We actually use them at school for our, our columns uh, testing. Structure engineer on this project, aren't they right. doing some of that testing as well? So, this is over above that, or are we paying for some services twice? Or this, no, this is in it um, completely sort of separate. It's testing the contractor and making sure we're getting what we're supposed to be getting out of it, is my understanding of it. It's, it was never a part of the original tender package with the contractor, which it could have been, but it, we had it separate. Just to tell Councillor Jordan, this is quality assurance testing. Correct. As opposed to quality control testing. So, so uh, J.R. Payne has this contract. Uh, I guess they've been bought out by Hogan Engineering. So this is another local company uh, based uh, here in Peace River that's won uh, this particular bid. Uh, maybe Councilman Ramirez can advise us who, who else locally has gotten part of the work here for this particular deal, but I think you said Peace River. I think, the, I think your worship is beating me. No, not really. I, 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 can't, I can't answer that question. There was a site meeting last week and the meeting change got announced to everybody except the elected officials so I said it now I got it off my chest I'm feeling better um, so I will be uh, attending the, uh, the next meeting but uh, I did uh, get over to the site and yes the uh, um, when I did arrive certainly uh, um, uh, McMillan uh, was there on site and they were quite happy to be Is it McMillan or Armstrong? Uh, McMillan did it, right? Okay. Uh, McMillan. Oh, I believe Armstrong has something else, but McMillan does have a piece of it. And yeah, so J.R. Payne, but I did bring the topic up with Jim Lee, and Jim Lee's father is Marshall Lee, who owns the company, the successor there of the project. So 
uh, we did have a tailgate discussion out in the parking lot and we talked about the importance of, of local contractors and uh, he there was no argument there so um, I guess he'll continue to advocate it he talked about painting contracts he talked about various other contracts and JR paint as an example there's some infrastructure running across that lot um, God only knows where it came from and I'm not even sure what it even does but that's what JR Payne is going to be doing uh, it's this it's um, uh, wastewater pipe that runs underneath the, uh, the facility so obviously that's what JR Payne is there so they'll have to pull some around um, so a valid question and leave it with me and I'll continue to make the point also yes, yes, I'm That's sorry, how, how could I have forgotten? Yes, so Peace River Heating, the Weaver Group, yeah. has got a, a, a large trailer on site, so once those uh, beams are driven into the ground, of course, they'll do all the welding and start tying it in. So yes, so, so there's there's three, uh, three or well, depending on how you, you count the dirt work, there's at least three local companies that have got work so far. Five, as you mentioned, four, six, yeah. they are paying. Armstrong, McMillan, and uh, Peace, Peace River Heating, Armstrong. Uh, and Weaver Wellwood. Mm. Just Peace River Heating. They're two separate yeah. companies. Yeah, they're yeah. two different. Yeah. Well, there's two, two different, different divisions of the same family. Yeah. Same family, yeah. Great. So, uh, perhaps administration can keep uh, Councilor Needham on the carbon copy list. Um, so where are we in terms of the, I'll, I'll uh, just ask Ms. Bell, where are we in terms of the Gantt chart? We are approximately two weeks behind. We were supposed to have piling started at least last week, if not the week before. Um, so the contractor has resubmitted a new, um, an updated timeline, but there has been some back and forth um, in terms of the piling system. So we want them to get that right, but these anticipate piling starting next week, I believe. So it's, uh, so it's not because they're short of manpower? No. Or, uh, it's an issue between um, the creators of the pilings, <laughs> whatever company that is, and um, a design component. They're just finalizing some of the and how do they plan on making up this time? They're not too concerned about it. Uh, they had ample cushion. Yeah, I realize they're not frame. concerned, but I'm concerned. Yeah, don't, don't worry. We, we have made that clear at our site meeting on August 10th or 8th. Because we want yeah. this arena ready to roll for yeah. our centennial year. Correct. So not to let Ms. Bell skate on the question, yeah. I'll help a little, a little bit. So in my discussion with Jim Lee, I somewhat asked a question about labor and uh, he very quickly introduced me to, I believe it was Ryan and one other gentleman, and they've actually rented a house. Uh, it's not across the street, it's on the street where our Susan Martin lives. So they're planning on staying here for the 20, months that it takes to build an arena uh, they won't be traveling back and forth to the city so i think the point jim was making was that we're going to have 
people on site working uh, time on task. So hopefully that uh, hopefully that helps. And uh, given this is our centennial year that needs to be completed, and this is probably the opportunity for funding from the provincial government. us to uh, a letter from MMSA on their municipal internship program. And Ms. Moody, I'm here to speak to it. Yes, uh, uh, your worship and, and council, basically the, this is a letter uh, soliciting the support, uh, uh, support of a motion to be uh, a participant in uh, uh, them trying to get an intern. Uh, they've been very successful in getting interns in the past. They'd like to do that again, but in order for them to do that, they need a uh, participating municipality. Uh, there would be no cost to us at all. Um, it's just they just need a motion passed and so they sent this out to uh, quite a few of their um, members and asked uh, if they would be interested in passing the motion that's on the second page of the letter. So um, the town pays nothing we just help the intern for learning experience if needed. Correct. Yeah, and, and so, they might be here, uh, they might yeah. not. They usually yeah. they would probably come before that sometime in April. So, I would put forth these motions if suitable. Yeah. Which one do you want to put so It would be the motion that, that the Town of Peace River, a participant, agrees to abide by the terms of the conditional grant agreement governing the purpose of the use of grant funds. If not, oh, we are authorized Get back in time for this. <laughs> I will 
looking for a, uh, a motion to enable the mail order. Oh, is it you just you're just going to enable the mail order designate? I think it's entirely different also. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted. Your worship, the invitation was extended to any members of council who may wish to attend. I'll make a motion to enable Mary Council to attend the uh, Unfresh Open House. Okay. All in favor? In favor. So we're not looking for each other? Okay. I just want to let people know that I assembled the new detailed motion for assembly. I've got a couple of Angela's claws for this. <laughs> How many people did they have there? A lot. <laughs> I, uh, um, they can have upwards of 700 at these assemblies. I don't know if we saw 700, but the parking lot at the Bell Center was overflowing to the point that they were using uh, a uh, piece of property owned by Suncor and Petrocan immediately to the So I would say 600. Oh, certainly 400 bucks. Yeah. So uh, I think that was a very uh, so uh, perhaps a bouquet to uh, the organizers, uh, Sylvia Johnson and uh, and Carol Ruthdale and the rest of the two region six associations for uh, putting on a, uh, a stellar event. Maybe we could uh, have a, uh, perhaps you can just uh, raise your plate and put it in your room and we'll let all our emails come to, uh, to, to make these uh, region six associations. Okay, that, uh, that takes us to reports. We have quite a few check registers, six of them. Any questions on those? There was a large Armstrong one someplace, wasn't there? That was the large Armstrong one. Was that for Path Creek or something else? Eight eight hundred and some. Or was that neighborhood? Armstrong is um, eighty sixth Street, is it not? So for the neighborhood, do you know for Did they just bank up all the invoices and deliver them all at one time? Any other questions? I have one quick one. There's a uh, 5800 to Waterworks. Is that sort of related to the, no, I'm not either. Irrigation. Oh. So they, they do all of our setup and um, Beginning season clear out and start up. Oh, so repairs. So this was like from spring. Mm -hmm. Correct. Oh. So that a lot he does a lot of repair work in the spring from pipes that have been. That doesn't be Norm Bushing Park as an example. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just I'm surprised that we're paying in August for work done in like May. Yep. Okay. So a motion to 
accept the check registries for information and of the council of drinking all in favor in favor that takes us to departmental monthly reports uh, we have the corporate services report any questions on that um mr mayor would um council be getting a, a briefing on the water line business with town of northern lights in the near future you can put that into a motion okay i move that administration provide council with a briefing on the matter of the water line to the county of northern lights what exactly would you like to know i can probably bring something together right now we have met with them once it's uh right now um there will be no cost of town at all for this, this project. That's what I wanted to know. That's that's the first thing. Um, uh, so they, they, they do have, I think, about $39 million, uh, approximately, I think it's an expansion of about $2 million in the town in the line. Um, they have indicated there, there will be no cost to us. Uh, they are in the process of design stage, and uh, um, there is a discussion of adding ammonia into the water, but uh, if it is a ammonia, yes, ammonia into the line, um, but uh, that would have to be outside of our plant um, because we do dialysis at the hospital and ammonia causes a problem at dialysis. So this would be a, uh, um, a process so that we can extend the water life going the long distances that they have. That's what the ammonia does? Yeah, that's what it does for it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. So when you do long lines, um so yeah they're in the process of it right now and um uh they, they're anxious to get it done okay that's essentially what i wanted to know from so myself. you want that in writing in a briefing no. order or not um and no uh no briefing required thank you very much so you i'm withdrawing the motion okay so what does the ammonia actually do like i've never heard of that i've heard of so i've heard of other stuff this is just to it, it's so my understanding ammonia helps it so that it can last longer I always thought it was like chlorine, right? But supposedly, and I like it, it I don't is, know the chemical background of it, but yeah. it's chloroavines and it's just a longer term disinfectant. Than chlorine. Does it have to be removed at the end, or it just comes out? It just comes out. That's what it happens so far. And will the county? They'll be applying for their own water act license, then. Well, you, you should probably ask County Manager to look at that. Yeah, I'm just going to say. I'm just curious. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is the job of our administration to do your, your job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so any other questions on the CAO monthly report? Just one area question, Your Worship, under the bylaw enforcement. Um, just wondering, are we going to be seeing any reports specific to the peace officer? And, uh, and uh, it was possible that means in that. So I can answer that. So, Council will be seeing something uh, come from the peace officer soon. We had actually uh, planned to have him here this, this month to talk about his activities, um, but he actually uh, took some vacation, so he's not here this week. Um, they'll report back. Um, but we'll have them here soon. As for revenues, I want to be careful about that. Um, we are tracking those and I will share those with the council. Um, but the amounts, you know, we're still working on 
on the amounts and the, uh, the amount we're going to receive from the the, um, the province. I, I just want to temper expectations around those, but you'll be you'll be seeing those soon, probably within a month. I'd be curious as to see what kind of uh, how many violations he's uh, he's handed out, uh, the severity of those violations, uh, the type that type of uh, that type of reporting. Yeah, and we'll start reporting on those in uh, upcoming months also. Similar to what you see for fire protection, we'll we'll have it broken down by category and you'll see year to date, month to date, that type of information. I guess I got a question. How far down in the weeds want to get into that as, as council, mayor council? I think that should a lot of that should be left up to administration, right? If we start getting on the weeds, then I don't want to start getting phone calls from people that are right, because they got a speeding ticket. Like, yeah, yeah but that, and we don't have to do that at all. Yeah. Well, we'll report on this in a summarized fashion. Yeah. And if council has any questions, they can either ask during or come back to administration and and see greater clarity, we don't mind doing that. So um, the chart that says bylaw statistics 2017, that's different than Mr. Ford is wanting? That's correct, these are these are our, our bylaw officers, so Mr. Smith, whereas uh, Mr. Ford's asking about our peace officer activities. So for instance, there's some uh, traffic in there, not Peace officer type stuff? Uh, they'll probably be parking another type of vehicular type item. Okay, thanks. Okay, so uh, that takes us to engineering and infrastructure monthly report. Mr. Mayor, on the charts for like sewer flushing, is the neighborhood um, renewal project stats within that category? Or is the neighborhood, anything neighborhood not in these statistics? For sewer, sorry, for sewer flushing? Yeah, um, or any of them. No, no, it, it wouldn't be in there. Neighborhood the neighborhood different. renewal would not be, it's a, it's a, it's a separate capital project. attention uh, to North End Stairs. Uh, if you see the picture there on page two, uh, we want to think that the kind of project that we're pretty happy and proud of. Um, it's not that short. It is. Uh, well, let there never ever be a counselor again mention North End Stairs during budget cycle. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Thank you, sir. And, and, and not only are the stairs nice, at the top of the, looking at the picture, the, the public works guys have put a really nice asphalt cap. You can't see it in that picture, but it's, I'll call it a landing pad for lack of a better word. Anyway, they, that part of the project's not showing it. If you look from the top down, it, it looks professional and well, well done. So, so we're not gonna talk about the north end stairs, but we will talk about the lower west <laughs> Next. Next. Hey, any other questions? Well, it's not really a question, but a comment. I noticed that on by Boston Pizza, they had the, the town had tore out that stuff and they repaired that. It looks really good. I, I noticed that last time I walked down there. So I just passed that on to the public works. I thought they did an excellent job with 
Like we're here for power club. about the, the awards. Um, does the, the recipient, possible recipient, have to reside in Peace River? Or does that matter? I don't think we were saying you must reside. I think it's the due. intent is some activity within or even reciprocal activity. Because okay. you could have a volunteer that resides outside, volunteers in, and, and other locations. And I also wanted to note, I found stats from the 2016 Tourist Information Center um, in comparison to our stats this year, and we're doing significantly better. Uh, June 20, uh, 2016, we had 112. So last year, June, in comparison to our, and in their June also included May, they start May long weekend, so it's comparable numbers. So 112 versus 296. And uh, July 2016 was 214 versus our 321. So numbers are looking. So where, where, what page is this one? The very final page of our statistics. Under NAR, this correct. Stat? Yeah, I didn't have the 2016 stats to insert into the report, so I'm just providing you with a verbal comparison. Oh, because generally blue is 2016, but correct. not in this particular yeah. case. So next month they will. I'll get it back on track. Now that I have found the 2016 for comparison. So our numbers are significantly better. We're already at over 500 and last year was just 555, 558. So our numbers are better. So museum, visitor stats are slipping. Yeah. As is the Peace Regional Tour. You don't count people that go to the water park? No, we do not. No. We don't have a mechanism there. We have to have somebody on staff. And we don't, okay. we don't charge a, a fee for the water park? Correct. It's an open, as is a lot of the parks. Yeah. And there's a lot of water pouring out of that. So how much water goes into that water park? Um, provide that to you next meeting. It's noted in our actual budget, so it's um, accounted for monthly. And no update on the, uh, the downtown revitalization of the wall murals. 
If you drive past Vasta Pizza following this evening's meeting, you'll see a bright teal blue stripe. <laughs> the mural is be has begun today. Our artist is. So are in we our taking time lapse photo photos? Yep. We'll probably need to take one when we do last year. So there's some continuity there. And we are looking at a second mural. We're talking with a property owner. It was supposed to happen today. They came in and paid their water bill and snuck away on us. So um, we're going to track them down hopefully again tomorrow and see if we can do a second mural. Um, so Alicia's working on that. Change, change of topic. Um, the teas at the uh, NAR station. Um, I went on Sunday and it seemed to be a full house. So it was. thanks for museum people doing that. Yeah, thank you. They're doing a great little job there. And I went to the first one and it was well done. Yeah. And I understand they have a whiskey tasting. They do. Coming when, up. when is that? <laughs> yes, it's early September. I'm at a loss for a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be a red leather day.
talked about about us. Um, all the diff there's all sorts of different trails that they show, different types of tourist um, processes of where people will capture and how they would get to us. So that's typically what we've been asking. So I'm going to follow up to see if they've done the same this year. We've done it also at the museum, so there's a mirrored survey. Because we, if we miss them at the NAR, we find people will source out the museum and we'll get tourists there who have missed the NAR. So we usually send them back and forth. The next T is the 27th of August. Okay, uh, make up point, uh, Ms. Green was making that big advertisement about that. And I'll be sure to dust off my uh, Somerset mom. Okay, uh, that takes us to the, uh, uh, so perhaps a motion to accept for information uh, the departmental one-time report. I so move. All in favor? Uh, that'll take us to the RCMP Western Alberta Division report for July 2017. Uh, anybody have questions for Mr. Parker to relay to Agenda, it should be 2017, maybe as well. The date. say the, the yellow paragraph where it says indeed the discussion was not an RRC engagement uh, points to the misinformation that might have been given to us at one point in time that they were saying it was. It was the same. Three, three, three. It's not. So that's what they term it. I don't know. They certainly backed off the rules a bit. Yeah.
Mayor, can I ask a question about North Peace Housing? Okay. Communication. Um, after the last go around um, with North Peace Housing, um, municipalities were quite concerned about the change in the um, assessment, mill rate kind of thing. And at that point in time, they indicated that they would be sending out a uh, summary of um, their meetings. And I'm wondering, if it, are they still doing that? Because I can't find one for several months. I, I pass them along, whatever ones I get. Um, so, so I can't give you an answer. I know the minutes are posted online, but. Uh, I, I looked for the minutes and I couldn't find them either, but. Yeah, no, the minutes are there, but uh, I cannot answer your question. Yeah. You know the, the, the summary that I'm talking about? Yeah, if, yeah. yeah no, we, if I get them, I will pass them on. So I'm saying that North Peace Housing said that they were going to be doing that, so. Could you maybe ask administration if they have forgotten or if it's just... Well, you can ask administration when it is. So, do you, are you aware of the, of the uh, summaries? Do you, do you pass them along to administration? You haven't sent me them or did the uh, North Peace Housing pass them along? Yeah. And so, if so, what happens is the what was happening was uh, the board members would receive uh, the synopsis or the summary and we would get it as information and I would share it with this group and uh, so that was the protocol but uh, I haven't seen any but I'm just looking to see what's on the line right now just to give me two seconds and I'll see what's on there for minutes. So the other reason I like this is because of the communication aspect and it being uh, at least a public record of uh, our um, notification of what was being discussed at the meeting. Not saying that a representative isn't already doing that, but this just becomes more of a public thing as well. Yeah, the, the meetings are advertised and they are public. Uh, although the meetings I've attended, I. I don't think I've ever seen anybody from the public attend, but they're certainly welcome. Um, so just quickly, uh, I see June, 7, June 2017 is the latest minutes. So if you look under programs, North Peace Housing programs, uh, kind of on the left side of the web page. So there is some there, but uh, we can inquire. Thank you. Okay. I just sent off a letter to or an email to Richard uh, just requesting that. So, Chris, do you do you get them and pass them on to our administration? Yes. So, but exactly. So I just so they should have been uh, filed under council reports. Yeah. Typically, typically what was happening, I was sending them to all of council, and that works, but. The best way to do it is to send them to administration and to become part of the public package as we have before, and then it's recorded, and that's what they're indebted for. Like it's, it's, it's not a, it's not an issue. It's just a question of what happened, and I think maybe things either one, one either uh, they've neglected to send them out or two, uh, I've slipped up, but I I do not recall receiving them. 
We'll, we'll, we'll look to see if we have any and we'll, we'll send them up. So this Thanks. is somewhat similar to Isabel forwarding us the copies of the... Yeah, they, they, what, what's that the, the community services, community services, yeah. or, or the library minutes or anything else, and, and that was that was the idea. Okay, uh, are there, uh, so that uh, deals with information. Any notices of motion? There are none, Your Worship. We will uh, uh, take comments from the public. Uh, we have quite a few in attendance, uh, but I see they all left after the encroachment agreement uh, passage. And the, uh, so uh, we will, and that will take us to key communication items. Uh, Mr. Taylor, what did you think was relevant for the other this meeting? specifically had the interiors of the encroachment agreement because what were the these troughs that were over the was it a, pro, a neighbor's property or close to a neighbor's property or where it's, it's on our property it's on our property basically the encroachment down so it's the bulbs the bulbs uh, so there was supposed to be a turnaround and basically the house was built right beside the turnaround so these are kind of like over oh because there's a Kind of cold to suck at the Correct, that was never ever developed. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the, the building permits that were given for that house were literally way at the edge of that uh, culvert back. And in reality, it should have been built farther down. And the problem is, is a piece of property is on an angle like this, and we would have built it up to build the cold to suck anyway. And what, so the cold, so that's the encroachment one, and what, um, do you, do you, do you want a verbal uh, comment on the uh, points west? Uh, no, 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 just one. Okay, and what was the other one? The testing tender. Okay, so, and the testing tender was, this was just for the, uh, for J.R. Payne. Uh, okay, I'll, uh, I'll take that one. But the, the overlay project is going to be in the next one. Yeah, so. Yeah, okay. Uh, that might be more people than they are being. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll mention the local and the putting that Putting people to work. I think we'll be known, known as the Jobs Council. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, uh, that, uh, so we'll deal with that. Is there anything else we should, do you think we should highlight this to you? I'm just putting in all the bylaws that have public hearings coming up. It's uh, 